These people don't give shit. <laughs> We're giving them the business. The business. The business. All the band is out on the field. He's putting over the line down. He's putting Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run Welcome to College Football Extravaganza. I'm Robert Benson alongside Davis Wood here to bring you week two. Really, it's week one picks and, and locks because this is like the first real week of college football. We'll go over some last week, some of last week's games. We're glad you're here with us. Like and subscribe and share this if you know any college football fans. How's it going, Davis? Man, uh, it's been a hell of a day. Been up since 4 a.m. my time mm-hmm. and bouncing around work. Programming life is uh, definitely kicking my ass right now, but we're here. We're doing it. That's right. We got professionals on this on this podcast and not just amateurs. I'm moving up the chain in the programming life. It's got, his own, sh- life. It's got his own show on Saturdays. Check it out. Maybe you want to plug that. In Sports Pensacola. Call. It's on from 11 to 1, ESPN Pensacola. And if you live in Orlando like Robert does, you can go on ESPNPensacola.com or on TuneIn and look up ESPN Pensacola, and you can find it that way as well. You will not be disappointed. It is a fun show, and I love it dearly. And also, I have, I have Field Yates on the show this Saturday. Oh, nice. ESPN Fantasy Football Insider and college football – or not really, not college football, but pro football analyst – He'll be on the show this Saturday. We do have some pro football games coming up, so that that that'll be a that'll be a good, good, interesting, you know, person to have on. You know, what's the first game you said? It was a te- Texans and the Chiefs. I'm going to be That's watching right. that. Kansas City defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs against the Houston Texans, where you have two quarterbacks who just signed mega contracts, ready to ball at it. I actually expect. Pretty big things out of Houston this year. I do too. That's why I nabbed uh, Deshaun Watson in my dynasty league. I got him for some years, as well as a couple of my fantasy leagues this year. But anyways, we're always repping the 850. We're both from Pensacola. So even if I'm here in Orlando, I tune into your show on Saturdays sometimes uh, during the football season. I'll, I'll just be watching football and stuff. Just, uh, you know, as you see me making comments on Facebook and stuff. Well, it'll be damn good this Saturday now that we have a full slate of college football back. I know your show's fun, but it's not as fun as college football extravaganza. So let's get to it. Um, Last week, I guess technically week one, um, we took off. It was Labor Day. Our buddy Joey was hungover. I had class. We had a bunch of stuff going on. Give us a break. But we had some, a, a couple of small games. Uh, South Alabama there from Mobile traveled all the way to Southern Miss and put the whoop down on the Golden Eagles. Yeah. Maybe not a whoop down, really, but they were consistent the whole game. Yeah, my buddy whose wedding I went to over the weekend, him and all his friends, they all went to South Alabama, and all of them thought South was going to lose this ball game. Really, no one knew who was going to even be on the field. In fact, the most notable name for either team was Frank Gore Jr., who's a true freshman at Southern Miss. So 
I, other and I don't really think he did much, but they kept putting the camera on him. Yeah, I saw I, that. I was like, I didn't know Frank Gorson was going to Southern Miss, so that'll I, be I, interesting to see how he progresses. Right? Clearly, wasn't highly recruited. Was he a freshman? Yeah, true freshman. So yeah, that that'll be interesting to see how how um he progresses through his college career. Same with Emmett Smith's son. I believe he's going to Stanford here in the next year or so. He's committed there, so I, I'd like to see how that, smart how that works. Kid. Yeah, yeah, smart. I'm upset he didn't follow in his dad's footsteps and come to Florida, but, you know, you can't blame him. No, you can't him. blame him. As a matter of fact, if we've learned anything from Emmett Smith, uh, you know, he's, he's not afraid to go his own path. Mm-hmm. There are many people in Pensacola who are upset that Emmett Smith hasn't stayed deeply tied with Pensacola. Even right. though his family is still tied here, I know his brother that still lives here, Emory. But yet people, for the most part, have a lot of disdain towards Emmett Smith because he lives in Dallas and doesn't really involve Pensacola that much in his life, at least in a public matter, doesn't involve Pensacola that much in his life. Right. Oh, sorry, that's me. Um, yeah, no, I, I understand that. But I, I also, uh, every time I hear I hear it a lot. Like, it's definitely – a topic that gets brought up amongst Pensacolians. And I really, you know, they're like, oh, he wants to charge us for his autograph. Like, okay, he's famous. He can do that. You know, he can make money if he wants. So, yeah, it's Emmett Smith. I have no hate for Emmett. He was a Gator. He was a Cowboy. I got to love him. Those are my two favorite teams. So, what you going to do in my position? Uh, We also had a couple games postponed last week and also a couple games postponed this week. So, this might be a – Pro, most likely is going to be a reoccurring feature of the 2020 college football season. And I think it's a smart thing to do, you know, if you have some players or some difficulties with COVID and different things to just postpone that game. But uh, I was watching Dan Mullen in a press conference and he brought up the issue of what do you do if your team did everything that they could to, you know, take the precautions and keep everyone safe and healthy, but the other team didn't, you know, and you, postpone it and then that later date doesn't work because that team is still you know not on their ship basically and or or that other team might not be able to do it or now you as your team can't make that date should that team then forfeit the game because they couldn't make it the first time or should it just be a no non-contest so this is a this is a difficult situation. It's something that hopefully we'll never have to deal with again in our lifetimes. I, I like if one team, due to a positive test or multiple positive tests, tests within a team, if the team just cannot make it to a game, I almost think it's fair to postpone and do what you can to play it at a different date. I... I think just because this situation is so unique and so many people have been affected by COVID that you almost have to at least attempt to postpone a game. And if you can't postpone it, then just cancel it. But then the second date, the say they postpone it, find a date. And then the team that caused the postponing the first time is still at fault for postponing the second time. I still think due to the uniqueness of this situation, then it should just be a cancellation, not a forfeit. Okay, I do too. I was just playing devil's advocate. I, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, know. You know. I guess I look at it as anybody can get it. Anybody can get sick. You may do the right proper precautions and somehow, some way, keep your locker room safe and sanitary. 
but someone somehow, some way, even if you keep everything clean, could still get sick. And just again, given the uniqueness of everything, I just don't see any forfeits coming from all this, but rather postponement or cancellations. Right. That's, that's a good point. I, I agree completely with you. Um, speaking of Florida Gators and Dan Mullen, they had one guy test positive um, on the football team for COVID. Um, and that, I guess, is in relation to students coming back for school. So that would make sense. On the opposite side, the team they're playing on September 26th has had 27 players miss its most recent scrimmage due to COVID-19. That's Ole Miss. Um, and that was broken by Thomas Goldcamp on Twitter. So credit to Thomas Goldcamp for breaking that for me, at least. Uh, you know, if you're having 27 players missing, I don't know. You know, it, you got that two-week buffer, but we don't really know how long it takes you to give, get over COVID. It could be two weeks, could be longer, right? I, I, know, I know how other organizations are doing it. I, like in golf, as long as you – Te- if, if you test positive, you can get tested again in 10 days. And as long as you're negative in 10 days, which is very much possible, then you're good to go. You can resume playing. Uh, I, I, I know that they're easing up their uh, sanctions on COVID. If you were to get sick, they're sort of taking it easier. Um, I know that we used to hear 14 days quarantine, 14 days. Well, now they're really saying, yeah, quarantine, but in about 10 days, test again, let's see what happens. So I imagine it's going to be something a lot, a lot like that. Right. So tentative, and we'll see what the numbers are in a couple of weeks near game day. All right. We had another game, uh, UAB. Uh, we'll quickly go over that. UAB pretty much ran over Central Arkansas, although Central Arkansas put up quite a fight. UAB was in the lead most, if not all the game. BYU absolutely mud hole stomp Navy. Um, <laughs> just got awful tackling on Navy's part. I think that goes to the lack of practice, uh, you know, maybe padded practice. And uh, yeah, uh, Gunner Romney, this kid, I have, he had four receptions for 134 yards and a touchdown. He absolutely went off so i'm i'm gonna keep an eye on this kid he's 6'3 195 pounds he's a junior so be be aware if you're playing byu they they got some guys on the perimeter that can really do some harm yeah if i remember correctly Gunnar romney was a quarterback last year for the for byu he and hmm. byu went like through four or five quarterbacks and he was one of them and now he's a wide receiver i don't know if he was a wide receiver that converted to quarterback to just to fill that void or he was a quarterback and then during the offseason decided all right I'm gonna go to wide receiver because Zach Wilson who is currently the quarterback at BYU is also a baller I like that kid a lot and I think that this BYU team based on just the ass kicking that they put on Navy it wasn't um, ass kicking because uh, I think Navy is a is normally a decent team at least good enough to where they don't allow 55 points dropped on them especially against a team like BYU so I think for me, I give BYU a lot of credit. It looks like they're going to be what is looking, shaping up to be, I was about to say a 10-win season. That would make them undefeated. I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But I think that if this was a normal season, they would have maybe two losses and uh, 11 wins. Like this team looks like they're shaping up to be pretty legit. Also, I want to give another guy a shout out on 
BYU's roster. Rhett Riley, he is my girlfriend's brother-in-law. He is also a quarterback at BYU, but he did not make the trip to hmm. Annapolis. He was back home. Uh, he actually had COVID earlier in the year, but I'm pretty sure he is over that. Well, but, con- uh, he did not congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations to Mr. Riley. Um, he, uh, he might be, he might go undefeated this year. Um, cause I'm looking at their schedule and they have army next and then Troy UTSA Houston is probably the biggest name, Texas state, Western Kentucky. And then they finish off with North Alabama. So I'm not really seeing a whole lot of games they can lose there, especially after, after what I saw on Monday night. So BYU is just very unique because they really had to scramble to put together a schedule. And based on what you're seeing, you're seeing first off independence. You're seeing some independence in there that you know, are also looking for teams to play army being one of them. Uh, and then also other teams that can afford to add you to their schedule because they probably, because it sounds like these are smaller teams, smaller conferences, smaller budgets. Maybe there were other teams that just simply can't finance putting a team on the field. So BYU picked up those teams. Uh, they had to really scramble to pick up a schedule. It's not the most pretty schedule in the world. I don't think an undefeated season is going to put them in the playoff. But, hey, you know what? Based on the schedule you just read aloud, yeah, and how they kicked the shit out of Navy, they could go undefeated. Right. We'll see what they do with Army and Troy. And then after that, Houston's probably their biggest challenge. And Houston wasn't all too hot last year. So we'll have to see how they do. But yeah, I wanted to pull up their schedule because I was curious about that. All right. We'll Respect move the visor at Houston. Oh, yeah. Dana? Dana Holgren? Oh, okay. I See, I, I got to get caught up with all my college football. I got to get back in the groove, man. This, is, this has been COVID season. I'm ready for college football season. Tomorrow night, we got Miami uh, hosting UAB at 8 p.m. on ACC Network. A lot of people will be tuned in the pro football. I'll be switching back and forth just to see D.A.R. King and how he does um, there. I think he's going to be really good. I think Miami might actually have a pretty good year this year. Uh, you know, and him and, uh, him and Kyle Trask, high school teammates, were also back in Houston during the offseason working out with each other. And uh, on that note, both quarterbacks complimenting one another and both quarterbacks, by the way, working out like crazy to be in their best football shape. Kyle, I know Kyle Trask lost about 12 pounds, and Eric King just putting in work. They're saying that he's uh, at the moment shaping up to be a top five Heisman Trophy contender. I, I believe it, especially when you start your season off against UAB. But I want to – you know who I thought of today? Like, I just remembered, oh, my God, this person exists in this world still? Martell. <laughs> Remember Tate Martell? Yeah, Tate Martell does still exist. He's still a thing. Like he, he was on QB1. He was a five-star quarterback. He was looking to be you know, the next superstar quarterback at Ohio State. Just didn't work. I thought when he went to Miami, it was going to be a guarantee. And then you and I are in Orlando for the first game, and Jaron Williams is announced the starter, and Tate Martell comes in for like one play, and that's to play a wide receiver. Yeah, he came in a few times just to run kind of like a wildcat uh, sort of package out of, out of the backfield, but um, didn't really use him a whole lot for passing. Jaron Williams was, was the main, main quarterback. Then I still fumbled, like, I want to say three or four times, especially towards the end. And then actually the last play of the game, the snap, he mishandled the snap yeah. went, over, went by his head, so cost him the game. So who knows what Tate Martell could have done, but – 
uh, regardless, Derek King is going to be the man in Miami and Coral Gables this year, and I'm very interested to see how he's going to do. And I'm very happy Florida's not playing Miami for the first game of the 2020 season because the first game's always sloppy. You know, week zero was super sloppy last year, and I assume it's going to be sloppy up until maybe about October, November this season. SMU, TCU got postponed. I had TCU winning that game because uh, I saw uh, S- SMU play last week and they did not look that good. They didn't look that good, although offensively <laughs> their quarterback put up put up some pretty good numbers. I mean, yeah, it was against Texas State. How about that receiver from Texas State making that unbelievable catch? That was crazy. I I don't I don't you know Texas State actually was looking pretty decent and I was I was pulling from to you know pull the week week one upset, but couldn't get it done. That's okay. Um, Hopefully that's a sign that they're good and not that SMU's bad. So we'll see. I want to give SMU a little bit of credit. I, I, I wish they were playing against TCU. That would be a pretty fun game, I think, to watch, especially on 9-11. Never forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, they just couldn't make that game happen. I, would, I could have seen that game being, what, you know, like maybe a 38-35 to 35 game. I think it could be close. Yeah. I'm flying on 9-11. It's kind of scary. Well, good luck. Thanks. <laughs> uh, we got North Carolina uh, hosting Syracuse at 12 p.m. on ACC Network. Uh, I like to mention this game because it's it's going to be the first ACC uh, game in conference of the 2020 season, and they're the first conference starting off, first Power Five conference. So, so keep an eye on North Carolina all season long. They have been doing excellent recruiting wise. Mac Brown. Uh, he's Mac fucking Brown. He's an Mac attack. Also, Sam Howell, as a freshman, was an awesome quarterback. He was the freshman of the year in the ACC. And this kid's a baller. He's an absolute baller. He almost ended up at Florida State, flipped and went to North Carolina to go play for the Mac attack. And I think North Carolina, with Sam Howell as their quarterback, he's a true sophomore going into this year. I think that there's a lot of upside for the future for North Carolina. You're 100% right. Huge upside for North Carolina. Hopefully they don't get busted uh, cheating on tests again. That would suck for their scholarships and everything. I think we're looking, uh, looking good in the future for the, for the blue here. Um, just going down these, these uh, games this week, we're just going to pick the big games. Um, Notre Dame hosting Duke at 2.30 on NBC. I'm interested in seeing that. Um, Duke got a transfer quarterback, I believe, in um, yeah, uh, Chase Bryce. Bryce. Chase Bryce from Clemson. So that's going to be interesting. Chase Bryce, a talented quarterback coming from Clemson. And, and Notre Dame, obviously, a preseason top 10 team. A lot of people are saying they're going to make it to the ACC championship in 2020. So. Yeah, how about that? They, like, Notre Dame, with the potential of being ACC champions for possibly the one and only time. Ever. One and only time football, ever. Football conference. It sounds like some uh, some NCAA EA Sports kind of shit. Yeah, I uh, it's so like. I, I think look- I switched to the ACC this year. <laughs> don't. Or you, gonna, you don't like it? <laughs> you you switched to the ACC this year? No, no, no. I'm saying like in the game, like in the video game, how you oh, can just like switch okay. conferences every year. That's what I. Oh, that's what it kind of feels like. Of right. course. Yeah, I mean, go to a conference that really only has one powerhouse team, and that's Clemson, 
And the last time you faced off against Clipson, you got your ass kicked. I think they got shut out, if I remember correctly. No, it was actually uh, it was actually surprisingly closer than like. Wait, wait a minute. I might be remembering. I'm thinking of the semifinal game. Wasn't that Clemson won? Yeah, they did win. But I want to say it was it was closer. It was either closer or it was just a blowout. It was it was a blowout for sure. But either way, either way, I like Ian Book. He's a he's a fairly consistent quarterback. Um, He's he's definitely. He definitely um, has been a very talented and consistent quarterback for Notre Dame since he took over as a starter a couple of years ago, which was, I believe, the same year he led them to the semifinal. Um, I, I, I think that being in the ACC, they are good for one loss. And, and that's to Clemson? And that would be to Clemson. Yeah. Now, do they play Clemson at all during the regular year? I don't have their schedule in front of me. I need it. It looks like it looks like there's. I've I've heard a lot of people say yes, they do. They play them on November 11th. Well, that is going to be a fun game, I think, especially if both teams are undefeated. Um, but Notre Dame, uh, unless they pull a rabbit out of their ass, they're not going to win that ball game. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Clemson, you know, they usually have one game that's really really close to losing and and sometimes it's to Syracuse sometimes it's to North Carolina so any given week in college football we'll see but on 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 the regular day where everything's just business as usual I'm gonna agree with you I think Clemson takes care of them that week but we're not even close to being there yet nope let's look at we'll we'll have that podcast at a later date Oh, yes. We'll look at uh, Georgia Tech and Florida State next. Uh, Florida State gets Georgia Tech at home. Um, I know Joey, our other co-host, is going to be at this game. He was one of the lucky few who gets the tickets to the game, so he's privileged. Yeah. I I got Florida State winning this. even though Georgia Tech's in their second year of the new offense, I think I believe in Mike Norvell. I like uh, I like what I s- saw out of him at Memphis, and uh, depending on how bad James Blackman does or how good James Blackman does, Florida State could get the win and start start Mike Norvell the Mike Norvell era off right. So, first off, I'm a little bitter towards Florida State. Normally, I get my media credentials for them. And I got rejected this year because of COVID. Oh. Due to limited limited capacity, we have to reject your your request for media credentials. Which, by the way, it was a 100% chance I was not going to go to the game anyways. But I still applied for credentials and I got rejected. So I'm a little bitter towards Florida State right now. You don't know who you're fucking with. But (laughs) – regardless regardless i will take a step back and talk about uh these two teams i don't know shit about georgia tech right now uh one thing i know about florida state is that they do have james blackman coming in and it's the start of the mike norvell era uh blackman to me is an okay quarterback i i i I, he needs to really limit his interceptions and he needs to um frankly he needs to get out of the pocket a little bit better right but he, um, uh, but, you know, with a new coach where it's, there's already been a couple of occasions where it appears him and his players have been butting heads but quickly managed to resolve the issue, 
I hope that doesn't translate to how their performance will be on the field. And I can say that because Florida's not going to play Florida State this year unless it's in the playoff. Right. Yeah, um, we can say that. I, I do think you're right. I think the players have been butting heads with the coach um, over, over the offseason with Florida State. But I think that's just part of the leftover culture. And Mike Norvell might be trying to build a new culture there. So you never know. With that, um, I think something interesting about Georgia Tech, um, according to the website College Football News, I don't know how accurate this is, but they're returning quite a few um, good tacklers, top 20 tacklers on the defense. And Mm -hmm. Florida State's offensive line has definitely been suspect the last couple years. Um, Quarterback's been under all sorts of pressure. So we'll see if they can get that pressure on the O-line and on the quarterback and make Florida State make those mistakes. And uh, one thing they're saying about Florida State is that led by Marvin Wilson, who is projected to easily be a uh, potentially a top 10 pick, uh, they're, they're saying Florida State, as of right now, has one of the top defensive lines in the country. And if you have a good defensive line, you're normally competing against the better team. So – uh, I mean, defense can win championships. That, that is definitely very true. Uh, but they definitely need their offense to score some points. And that's where I think they're going to be uh, – that's, that's where they're the biggest question mark right, right now. Will the experience of James Blackman propel them to wins? Right. Um, they are a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. They as in Florida State. Um, you know, it's too early to tell for me, but I'm going to go with Florida State. I think it's going to be close. I don't, I don't think they cover the spread, though. Um, cause oh, I yeah. If I was in Vegas, I'm taking Georgia Tech, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, taking Georgia Tech on the spread, I'm taking Florida State to win this and, one. And betting the under. Betting the under, most 52 definitely. 52 and a half. Whew. All right. Um, Oklahoma's not playing anyone big, but interesting news out of, out of um, Norman. Uh, Lincoln Riley is reporting that he is not going to report co- positive COVID tests as in who, which players are positive with the COVID tests, I'm guessing. And then a bunch of schools are following suit. So that's something interesting to think about and talk about. He's, he's citing a competitive advantage for his reason uh, for, not, for not disclosing that information. Wait, he's not disclosing who has it or how many players have it? Uh, who has it? Oh, okay. Well, I, believe I think that's also like a privacy thing in a way. Tuesday, he will no longer release COVID-19 information involving his team. So I guess it's who and how many. So there, there, that is, and he said, it, the article from Bleacher Report says he joins a growing list of programs choosing not to release data, which now in, uh, includes close to half of the Power Five teams. So, you know, take it as you will. It's kind of like, do you want to deal with this like an injury or do you want to deal with this like a pandemic? I think, uh, I think you know, we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out and what the, what the general opinion is from teams around the nation and, and also uh, pundits, I guess. Well, you know, you have like world. Tennessee where they had a scrimmage that was canceled because they had over 40 members of the team unable to show up because they were either uh, diagnosed with COVID or contact tracing. They were contact tracing. The contact tracing I think is really what's uh, getting them because as a team, it's very easy to be around each other 
constantly. I mean, I imagine a lot of players spend time with each other outside of practice. So contract tracing, I think, is going to be the big thing here. Uh, that, and I think that's what's really impacting Tennessee. But as of right now, they fully intend on playing next week. Right. And, I mean, contact tracing doesn't necessarily mean you, you have it. It just means you've come in close contact with someone who does, right, or is suspected of having it, correct? So, you know, some advancements in technology may lead us to good things, and they might lead us to some questionable, questionable things. So I, I'm still on the fence about this whole co- – I turned it off on my phone personally for me because I don't have a company requiring me to do the contact tracing. I'm just going with the old fashioned. I feel good and I'll get tested whenever I need to get tested. All right. Let's see. Um, South Alabama Tulane might be the closest game in, in like strength of teams left. Um, but yeah, Clemson goes to Wake Forest. I think they take care of Wake Forest and Austin P plays its third game, I believe. So Austin P is getting some national exposure this year. <laughs> and then we had three postponed games, Marshall at East Carolina postponed, Florida International at UCF postponed, uh, Louisiana Tech at Baylor also postponed. So again, three games postponed this week. So game day will be at Wake Forest, which did you watch college game day last week? No, I didn't. So they're saying they're going to be at Wake Forest. So I'm guessing they're going to be at campus. They're going to stay somewhat separated. But no one – I'm imagining no one can attend college game day mm-hmm. like you traditionally would. If anything, they might be inside the stadium, and they're going to block it off. That's the best – I'm guessing that's how they're going to do it. The last week, they did game day where uh, it was just virtual. Everyone was in their own studio. I would say virtual, everyone was just remote. They were in their own studio. And Kurt Herbstreet had a moment where, you know, they were talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, Kurt Herbstreet wanting to try and do his part to, be, to help, to be effective, to be a, a voice. And I saw the clip where he started breaking down and, and he crying. He starts breaking down. And you could tell he was sort of at a loss for words. He didn't really, you could, at least in my eye, the way I was hearing it he didn't really know what to say at at one point just other than this has to stop like Mm -hmm. I want to help well in my mind you know I tune into college football game day to watch college football and hear about college football and I you know this is why I do you know we do our own show because I you know I have I have a political show with the Luchadors of Liberty where we go into you know Black Lives Matter and all sorts of things but but you know Honestly, I really want to stick to college football on, on shows, and I wish, I wish ESPN would do the same. Um, yeah. They're political issues, and they're issues that don't really need to be politicized. You know? I, I agree. So, so we'll leave it at that, and we'll continue with the college football talk. Um, if you want to listen to political talk, go over Luge Doors Liberty on the same higher frequency podcast network, because I just, I just don't know what I'm doing with my life, and I do – podcast <laughs> uh, side note though I, w- I think i want to be a, a guest on your show so if you ever need any guests let me know you can come on anytime buddy um okay so that's pretty much it for the games this week we don't have a whole lot in a couple of weeks we'll have the sec and the big 12 starting uh big 10 still deciding what the hell they're gonna do um so let's 
do this uh, and give our top 10 because I've been seeing everyone give out their top 10s and new top 10s are coming out because teams that were included in the original top 25 aren't in the top 25 anymore. So do you have your top 10 ready? I got mine ready. I'm pulling up my rankings right now. Um, so luckily, so my house is cooling down, by the way. Before we started the podcast, it was like 85 degrees in here. Sweating. My damn AC has been acting up. So, okay, so here's my top 25. I am leaving out the Big Ten teams. I'm doing this because they aren't right now playing. I hope that they come down to some sort of resolution, although from what I'm hearing, they just aren't going to do that. So I'm leaving out the Big Ten teams. So number one, Clemson, easy. Number one's Clemson. Number two, Alabama. Uh, number three is kind of a toss-up because if you look at the AP top 25, Georgia is ranked number four. But I am still raising an eyebrow at Georgia. I'm not sure on them yet. And also, this AP top 25 came out when uh, Jamie Newman was still going to be their quarterback. But he's not anymore. So I, for right now, I'm moving Oklahoma to number three. I'm going to put LSU at number four and Georgia number five. Uh, I'm putting, I, I'm going to give Florida, uh, I'm cautiously giving Florida a little bit more love. I'm putting them at number six. Uh, Penn State is number seven. Uh, Penn, State, Penn State's in the Big Ten. Wait, fuck, they are. That's right. Moving on from them. Fuck I, off. I like Penn State too. So Penn I, State, I yeah, Penn State and Oregon. Oregon's in the Pac-12 and they're not playing this year. Uh, so, um, I really like Texas. I really like Texas. I really like Sam Ellinger. They disappointed me last year. I thought they were going to be a much better team. So I'm hoping that they can beat that better team this year. And I want to put them right behind Florida at number seven. Okay. I'm jumping them up a lot to number seven. And then I have Auburn. I, I, Bo Nix, uh, he's another one of those guys, true sophomore. I think that – when he is a junior slash senior, he's going to be really, really good for Auburn, and Auburn's going to be competing. Um, I have Auburn coming in at number eight. Number uh, number nine is kind of a toss-up um, because I still have Notre Dame on my schedule. Um, they're ranked number 10 in the AP poll, but I think I want to keep them at number 10. And I think I'm going to give a little bit of love to Texas A&M. That's good. So that's, that's, that's my, that's my uh, top 25 right there. All right. For my top 10, uh, we have some agreements and we, we have some dis- disagreements. Um, on, at number 10, I have Texas. I, I like Texas this year. Um, I, I want to see them navigate that Big 12 schedule and navigate Oklahoma and Iowa State and Oklahoma State. A lot of people have Oklahoma State at 10. Um, I think I like Texas better right now. I like Sam Ellinger and uh, Tom Herman, and he's he said that um, the new hiring of defensive coordinators allowed him to uh, basically focus on you know his job as a head coach more, or maybe maybe hire a new offensive coordinator. I can't remember. But he said it allowed him to focus uh, more on his job, basically. At number nine, I got Texas A&M. So we agree there. I think I think uh, Texas A&M and Texas, to me, might be interchangeable. I wish they still played each other. And even if they did, they might not this year. But I'd like to see that that game happen. At number eight, 
I have LSU, even though they're returning, uh, the the returning national champs, they are losing. I think twenty five players. Uh, they they just they lost their best receiver too. Yeah. So and they uh, they just lost their best receiver. He opted out. Uh, they did gain a recruit, um, a transfer from uh, from some D two school. That's gonna uh, Nickel is he's from Nickel State. Yeah. Yeah. So they gained him. That'll be a good addition to the secondary. I'm not sure if he's going to be eligible this year. So I got LSU all the way down in number eight. I got Notre Dame following them at number seven. I know that's kind of controversial, but you know, if they play today, I think Notre Dame has, um, has the upper hand at number six. I have Auburn. I think you got to watch out for Auburn this year. They're coming off a hot season where they went on a tear at the end of the year, even beating Alabama, uh, after Auburn, I have Georgia. Georgia with Jamie Newman opting, opting out and their new offensive coordinator uh, just raising some question marks. Obviously, their defense is probably top three defense, but I'm still going to hang them at number five. At number four, I got Florida. Uh, I, I, I really, really hyped to see Kyle Trask in the Gators, but it's going to be a tough schedule, and, and we're going to see a lot of jumbling up in the SEC as we've been talking about you know, in previous episodes this year. So at three, I got Oklahoma, followed by Alabama and Clemson. I think Spencer Rattler is the real deal. And uh, Lincoln Riley has got a system, and he's been recruiting defense like crazy. So if Oklahoma has a smidgen of defense this year, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. That's my top ten. Um, Spencer Rattler is probably the guy I'm looking forward to seeing the most outside of Kyle Trask and the Gators. I mean, uh, in the last four quarterbacks to play at Oklahoma, started Oklahoma, either went on to win a Heisman or finished runner-up and led their team to the playoffs. And this guy, he's a redshirt freshman. They're gonna, we're going to see a lot of Spencer Rattler in the next coming couple of years. Um, I, we saw him a little bit last year, not enough for you know me to be like, oh, yeah, this kid's really going to be a superstar. But – uh, he was another one of those guys who was on QB1, top-rated dual-threat quarterback. And, again, he's with the right system, the system that's going to make him a winner. So I think that they already expect him to lead this team to a playoff. And if he doesn't, then you'd almost be shocked. That's the kind of respect they're giving him. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And we won't talk, we won't talk Heisman uh, just yet, but – but a lot of people are, and I just need you to pump your brakes real quick. The season hasn't even started for them. We'll see. It, it's a possibility, but I don't, I don't know about this year for Spencer Rattler. We'll, we'll see. Nice. He's a redshirt freshman. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll usually, see. usually for Oklahoma quarterbacks, all they need is one year. Right. Yeah, that's, that's been, that's been uh, Maybe we'll have proven John historically. We shall see. All right. That's all I have. Uh, check us out. Hopefully each and every week we might run into some bumps, but we've been pretty consistent about it so far. Um, each and every week, try and film on what Mondays, Mondays now, get it out to you guys for the next week. Um, we're the crew college football extravaganza on extravaganza. <laughs> extravaganza on China. 
on the Higher Frequency Podcast Network. Donate to our Patreon and subscribe to the Patreon if you have one. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube, drop some likes, the Facebook. We got over 100 followers on Twitter and uh, Facebook now, so that's nice as a whole podcast conglomerate. So, yeah, be spreading the news and uh, just be tuning in for this exciting college football season, this kind of, you know, in and out college football season, really. It's, it's, it's just kind of weird. You know, it's this whole year has been different. This whole year has been virtual. I'm just glad we're able to talk football and actually watch some football on TV. You know, that wasn't a possibility uh, not too long ago. No, exactly. Like, even though the BYU game was an ass-kicking, I, I watched a lot of it just because it felt good to see it. It felt good to see a beatdown. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I would see nothing. I would see just, yeah, blank screen. Speaking of, speaking of lack, lack, uh, a lack of things to watch, this uh, – so I'm one of those guys that will re-watch old football games. And I really have a bone to pick uh, with the powers to be, whoever they may be, ESPN, CBS. If you own rights to old college football games, release them now. This is the time where people can go back and watch the 2003 Florida versus FAMU 63-3 to beatdown, and it would mean so uh-huh. much to them. Hey. Just be- I love that you bring that up because that was the first Gator game I ever went to. Well, I bring it up because I was looking for like old Florida football games and I couldn't find any. And I typed in like college football, old football games released something like that. And I came across this article by Spencer Hall. Um, so credit to him for writing this. Cause he's saying exactly what I'm thinking. Um, if you have time to go check it out, it says it's, it's time to liberate the archive college football game tape from the banner society. And I think he's absolutely right. And you could chart, like I would pay as much for a service that sold me old college football games, uh, like from every year dating back to whenever for every team, as much as I pay for Netflix. So what is that? $15, $13, like 10 bucks. Probably fourteen bucks now, right? Used to be ten. I would pay like five that bucks. A, that would be a great streaming service, right? And ESPN already has a like. If they own the ESPN, you know, ESPN Network and the SEC Network, ACC Network, they should already have access to these games. They just don't give them to you because we're not worthy. So, so I, I have a bone to pick with all those guys, and someone someone needs to do something about it because. Just like the NCAA, you're holding back. You're well, holding. Because like we have to deal with YouTube and what YouTube offers us. Right, and and it's like I'll go back to a 2008 game that was definitely filmed in high definition, and it looks like it's filmed on a potato. So <laughs> I want to watch old college football games in the meantime while I'm not watching new college football games, and I want to be able to watch every single like the NFL. You can go back and watch watch a. a nine to three game between the damn damn saints and the browns like i don't know you know it's ridiculous well we might be able to take this to the supreme court yeah i'll I'll try this this is why i'm going to law school (laughs) all right thanks for coming davis thanks for tuning in viewers we'll see you next week and actually have some pretty good games to talk about Peace out. I, I got to do a fantasy draft.